Welcome to another episode of the Upstate Impact Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Weaver, and I'm here with my project partner, Jordan Floyd, and our friend, Taryn Gibson, with Day Before the Rainbow Rescue. So, Taryn, we're super happy that you took the time to do this. We've been looking forward to having a variety of things represented on this podcast, so you get to be the first one about animals. Thank you so much. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, Taryn and I actually have some a few years of friendship, and I am a real loyal fan of the rescue because we tried to do a foster, which I guess it's that failed foster, when it becomes an adoption. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a cute little chihuahua named Peanut who um, drives us all crazy now and then and makes a lot of people in our house happy as well. So um, <laughs> we have that personal connection to, to the rescue, and that's been great. But anyway, Taryn, tell us a little bit about your history. Have you always been in the upstate? Where you come from, how you got here? <laughs> I grew up in New Jersey, and I moved here when I was about 18 to go to school. And then I just stayed here. And about 2004, I started working at a vet office because I decided I wanted to have a career with animals. Thought I was going to be maybe go back to school and be a vet. Uh-huh. Um, but then I realized that there was a need for rescues to help animals that kind of got dropped off uh-huh. on the side of the road. People would bring them to the vet office, and I wanted to help them, but the vet wasn't altogether willing all the time to just hand out free vet care to these animals. Mm -hmm. So then I started working at the animal shelter in Greenville. Um, At the time, it was pretty small. They eventually took over um, the entire facility, and the Greenville Humane Society moved over to the other side of town. And I was the rescue coordinator there for several years. Mm -hmm. I started my own rescue when I worked at the shelter. I eventually left the shelter and then just started doing rescue full-time. Wow. Yeah. I I bet you've gotten into some pretty crazy situations what what are some like best and worst stories that could pop into your mind when you think about all that you have covered um we've taken in animals um from shelters like 20 or 30 at a time from hoarding cases like we talked about earlier Mm -hmm. um we don't generally go seize animals because we're not any kind of law enforcement or anything like that so we just wait till they come to the shelter and then we take them in that's a little bit overwhelming, but usually we have fosters lined up to take them. Uh-huh. Um, a couple weeks ago, we had some people that their neighbor had become sick. It was an older lady, and the people were concerned because all of the dogs were in the house and they were not being cared for. And so they brought these dogs to us, and it was like just a massive matted mess of fur. Mm-hmm. And they were shoved in milk crates, and there were four dogs in a tiny little dog crate, and they were just really sad. But you know, that's not a bad person. That's just somebody who got overwhelmed or, you know, she became sick and she had to go to assisted living. So it's not all like bad people. Sometimes it's just the people that need help too, as mm-hmm. much as the animals that's do. Good point. Yep. So, uh, retracing your story, you went and worked for a, a vet office. Like mm-hmm. what, what just initially drew you to wanting to work with animals in the first place? Forget the rescue side of things. What, what made you want to actually become involved with some of that? Um, I don't know, just a general interest, I think, in science. Um, I originally planned to go to med school and be a doctor, but I had a baby when I was relatively young, and mm-hmm. so that just didn't pan out. And then it, I was just kind of, that's a lot of school to go to be a doctor. So <laughs> I was like, never mind that plan. You know how it is when you're young. But then I was like, well, if I work with animals, then I still get to do that. Yeah. Um, and I thought a vet office would be a great fit. I learned a lot from the vet. So I think that's helped definitely running the rescue because, you know, things come in. You don't want to run to the vet for, ever, for like, yeah. fleas or, you know, every tiny little thing. Mm-hmm. And 
I can just kind of assess, you know, what needs to go to the vet or what can I just call the vet for? So I think that's really helped a lot. Hmm. So how do you how do you balance the the positivity and negativity that are associated with what you do? I just feel like um, there, there can, it can be so rewarding to to have a pet or to help uh, a pet find a home, but also there's there's a lot of sadness and tragedy associated with that. So just mentally, how do you how do you manage and juggle all of that? Um, sometimes it's not so easy. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely situations where I get overwhelmed, and I realize I've taken on you know two or three too many animals, and I'm like, all right got to close the rescue down no more intake for a few weeks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't keep everybody obviously at my house but it's a lot you still have to manage all the animals in foster homes you have to manage when they're going to the vet or for surgery for spay neuter you know so it's really important just to balance that and I decided probably about six years ago that I wouldn't have any animals in the actual living space of my home and I know Mm -hmm. that sounds to some people like you run a rescue and the animals don't live in your house Well, you know, there are a lot of rescues that I know, and the animals do live in their house. But when you have 20 dogs barking in an extra bedroom, it's not cool. And it's not fun. It's very stressful. That's not sustainable. Hard to stay married that way. Yeah, that's true. And my my husband's great. Like, he participates in the rescue and stuff. But we have to have personal space, Mm -hmm. and we have a lot of kids, and I think that's really important. And you have to know your limits. You really have to. Lots of rescues get overwhelmed. And even if they only have foster homes, if you take in way more animals than you're capable of, mm-hmm. you know, keeping track of or caring for, that's when things fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, a bunch of kids. Yeah. You got a lot going on at your house. What, what's the, what is the day to day or just like in the course of a week? What are the main things that you are covering? Because I know your, your life is super varied and busy. So let's see. I've got two teenagers that work. I've got two kids in elementary school. Uh I've got two kids that stay home because they're not old enough for school. (laughs) I work also as a lactation consultant with another local business in Greenville. So I do that a few days a week. Uh And then every Wednesday we have spay-neuter day. We take at least 20 animals to Animal Allies over in Spartanburg. Uh They are the best the best spay-neuter clinic around. I will give them mad props. They are organized. They are fast. They're just a good staff. It's welcoming. They're never like, oh, you brought us this gross mangy dog to be spayed. Like, they're nice about it. Like, they understand rescue. Um, They're great. So we drive to Spartanburg in the morning, drop the dogs and cats off, whatever else other animals we have, because it's not always just dogs and cats. And then we go pick them up in the afternoon. Um, So that's every Wednesday. Um, Every other Friday, we, my husband drives a dog transport, and he goes up north as far as New York. We don't just take our animals for adopters up there, but we also take um, animals to other rescue groups. So they go from shelters, I get them ready to go, and then they go up yeah. north to other rescues. Now, that's that's a curious thing to me. Is that is there a shortage of dogs available for rescue up north? Like, why, why do they need a surplus of dogs from here? How does that work? I would say that's a touchy subject for some people because okay. it, I don't think it's so much a shortage of dogs in general or a shortage of animals. It's more a shortage of the kind of animals that people are interested in adopting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the dogs up there, I won't say all of them, but, you know, are large breed pit or pit mixes. Yeah. And, again, I'm not saying anything bad against those kinds of dogs, but mm-hmm. the general family that has, you know, two kids, 
young kids, they're not going to go to the shelter and adopt a dog of any breed, probably, that's three years old and 60 pounds. It's just the reality of things. So most rescue groups are, I mean, they'll take those dogs, but they're also asking, hey, can you find us a couple smaller dogs? Can you find us some puppies to take? You know, can you ask at the shelter? We found 10 puppies at the shelter. Can you pick them up and bring them to us? Mm -hmm. So it's, I mean, I don't want to sound like uncaring about the rest of the animals up there, but I can't force people to adopt right. what they're not sure. going to adopt, right. if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. You're obviously not the only rescue in the upstate. So talk to me about just the um, how do you work together uh, with other rescues, or is there just a... Uh, I, I don't know what the culture is like among other rescues of like, oh, that dog's really adoptable. I want him. Or, so or gonna, you take this dog that we can't handle. Or how's I'm going to break this down for you. Please, break it down. There's a lot of women in rescue. Okay. The majority of people that rescue dogs are women, mm-hmm. at least in this area. Mm-hmm. Some of these women are not nice. Mm-hmm. And they <laughs> think there's a certain way that rescue should be run. Mm-hmm. And so, you know... Not anything bad against women because I am one, but there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of drama that goes on yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, or yeah. I never engaged, but I made a decision, a conscious decision, a long time ago, that I would not be interested in any kind of drama. Right. I'm willing to work with any rescue that takes mm-hmm. good care of their animals. That's right. If whether or not they like the drama, but I don't want to be part of it. Sure. Mm-hmm. So. Working together, I work together with some rescue groups in the upstate that are great. Yeah. They are terrific. They take great care of their dogs. Mm-hmm. We work together. We trade dogs back and forth. Hey, listen, I can't place this Cocker Spaniel. You right. love Cocker Spaniels? How about you try to place it? Right. And I'll take one of your pit bulls. Yeah. You know, whatever the case is. And once again, I'm willing to work with anybody. Right. I don't care if I like them personally or not. We're in it to save animals. That's right. I'm down to save some dogs. That's right. And cats, ferrets. Anything else? Okay. I was yeah, gonna, I was okay. curious. What else? What, what else comes to you? Um, the only thing I think we haven't taken is horses, pretty much, or cows. Seriously? We've rescued some pigs. We've taken a couple of pigs to a pig sanctuary. Okay. It's pretty cool. Goats? Um, we had a goat at one time. Yep, we gave it to a farm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we've rescued reptiles, iguanas, bearded dragons, bunnies, guinea pigs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of our good friends at church adopted a couple of guinea pigs from us and promptly returned them because they pooped a lot. Oh. So, if you're listening to this, <laughs> they do that, don't they? Be prepared yeah. to clean up after these animals, right? Okay, great. Oh, my word. Well, I appreciate you being honest about that. I mean, I, I asked that question knowing that there there may be some conflict, but at the end of the day, I, I like the message you have. It's just you should all be working towards the same mission of, of yeah. rescuing animals. So, if that means that, hey, I can't place this animal or we don't have space or whatever it may be, then hopefully there would be some, some back yeah. and forth there. Okay. Um, as far as like the process, I'll just tell you the process at Go the local it. shelter. Yeah. Um, so they send out a rescue list, the Greenville shelter does, and they say, these are the dogs, these are their problems, or, you know, not their problems, whatever the case is. <laughs> and they will send out the list, and then you just reply. And you say, hey, I can take this dog or this cat, and they'll say, okay, great, when, you can, when can you pick up? So it's pretty easy. Most of the animals that come from them, if they don't have medical issues, are already fixed. They're microchipped, vaccinated, all that stuff. So that, <laughs> that definitely helps a lot. Um, other shelters pretty much in the area operate pretty much the same mm-hmm. way. Uh, there's not like a whole lot of competition, I don't think. Uh, there's just so many animals in need in this area that you can just yeah. go get whatever you want from a shelter. Yeah. I mean, there's small dogs in shelters. We just took a purebred rat terrier, cute little merle thing with one blue eye, 
It was in the shelter in Greenwood, and it just, mm-hmm. I mean, we just took that one, and it went to its rescue in New York this yeah. weekend. So, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Okay. That's great. So, even though you're vigilant about, you know, before you place any animal, you know, mm-hmm. spay, neuter, mm-hmm. shots, all that, it, it still feels like there's, like, this overpopulation. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think, are we gaining some ground with the numbers, or? I think we were until COVID, because right. then... Everybody shut down spay-neuter programs except for Animal Allies. And by the way, Animal Allies spay-neutered 18,000 animals last year. What? So that's just crazy. That's just one spay-neuter clinic in Spartanburg. So that's, I mean, that's a lot of animals. And yeah, I mean, it is overwhelming. And I don't think the majority of people are like backyard breeders or anything Mm -hmm. like that. I think it's just people who their dog gets out or their Mm -hmm. dog roams a little bit and comes back. And they're like, oh, great, now she's pregnant. So I think a lot of it is in, it's not intentional, Mm -hmm. um, but it's just that they don't know, or they don't know that there's affordable spay-neuter programs out there. Um, Mm -hmm. Speak for Animals does a $35 program where if it's a pit or a pit mix, or you're on government assistance, you can get your animal fixed and get shots for 35 bucks. Like, that's great. But a lot of people just don't know those things. I hear people talking about it a lot. Like, oh, I really need to get, you know, I'm trying to keep them in. And I'm just like, it's not that hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? But I think it maybe is it just a bit of an unknown subject. Or I know mm-hmm. it's one more thing to do. And, right, we're all busy. But. Yeah. I think, like I said, with a lot of people, I don't think it's, like, intentional. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're just going to let our dog out and, like, let her get knocked up. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's right. the majority of people. I think the majority of people do care somewhat about their animals, but yeah, they get busy or, you know, the dog gets out and they have three kids and they don't have time to go look for the dog or, you know, it just happens. Right. And of course, yeah, there are animals from breeders that end up in shelters, but I don't think that's the majority of the animals in shelters. It's just wandering animals. Mm -hmm. I mean, people find dogs all the time. They say, Hey, we found this dog. She's pregnant. Can you pick her up? Mm -hmm. Can we bring her to you? I mean, what are you going to do? Right. right. Litters of kittens. Kittens are everywhere. Right. It's yes. bad. This time of year is bad. Yeah. It's really bad. So given all those challenges, um, obviously adopting an animal out would be a success. But I just want to know in your mind, like, what does success look for look like for you just on a given day, but also just overall mission of your rescue? Because obviously we're not going to get to a point as a society where there's no such thing as a homeless or a stray pet. There's, that's always right. going to be a societal issue. So what does success look like for you and your organization? I think that success, I mean, it can be defined so many ways. Success mm-hmm. daily, I mean, I, I consider success if I make it through the day without going crazy on my family sure. and, <laughs> like, spending more than, like, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks at the vet. That's a good day. I just okay. posted on Facebook today, like, <laughs> should I consider it a great week last week? I only spent $3,300 roughly at vet clinics last nice. week. Like, <laughs> hooray, that was a great week. Yeah. But um, I think definitely a successful rescue in general is if you come out not owing anybody money at the end of the year. Okay. You have to run it like a business. Yeah. And... People might not like that, but it's true. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think when you run a business, the majority of your funds should be from donations. That would be great. Everybody give me money. I hardly have to do anything. Right. Like, that would be wonderful. But that's not realistic, at least not for me. Yeah. And so, you know, our adoption fees, we adopt out a lot of puppies to people in the Northeast. 
we adopt them out for a couple hundred dollars and that covers the medical expenses not only for the dogs that come in with like broken legs and heartworms heartworms are so bad but also it helps me help these other rescues who get dogs from shelters here and they're broken or sick and I can help with their medical bills and then get them on their way. Yeah. So, and at the end of the year, I've never had a year so far where I owe money. There was always a little bit of money left in the bank. That's awesome. So, yeah. I'm considering that a success. That is that is a challenge in and of itself. Yeah. yeah. And successful adoptions, I mean, as long as these dogs and cats and whatever other sorted animals mm-hmm. are in homes where they're being cared for, they're given heartworm prevention monthly mm-hmm. if they need it, if they're a dog or hopefully a cat. Um, you know, just grow up somewhere that's better than the place where they came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that must be pretty rewarding, you know, especially the people that you are connected to mm-hmm. when you see them post their pictures, you right. know, of their, their pet and, yeah. you know, on the couch with the kids or whatever, and you just see what a change, mm-hmm. you know, and you're bringing that about in a lot of different places. And occasionally adoptions don't work out. We had sure. some somebody return their dog this weekend to us because the puppy just whines a lot in the crate and the lady is really stressed out by it. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, if it, I don't want these people to be unhappy. I want the people to be happy as well as the animals. Right. And so we take the puppy back. Like, we're not upset about it. It's not a bad thing, but we just want everybody to be happy. I mean, it's not just my mission to make the animals happy. We want the adopters yeah. happy, too. Mm-hmm. I think you're incredibly gracious. I, I guess I feel like when you're in the middle of that, like, ongoing work and taxing your resources and your energy mm-hmm. than to be so gracious with the people returning a dog and understanding the overpopulation. <laughs> I'm like, let me tell Whoa. you about the emails that I type out that I don't send. You have to do that now <laughs> and then just to get it out of your I mean, for real though, because there has to be times it's oh, just yeah. angering when yes. you get, you know, a matted fur dog, and you know, like, wow, what has this animal gone through? And, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's just so wrong. Like I said before, there, it's a lot of times it's not the people, it's not intentional abuse. Of course, there is intentional abuse that goes on, and we see that too, but sometimes mm-hmm. people just don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, you get dogs turned in, and you're like, hey, was your dog on heartworm prevention? You're, they're like, what's that? Mm-hmm. Like, how do, how do people not know now what heartworm prevention is? But apparently mm-hmm. people don't. Right. Yeah. Or at least they say they don't. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we treated five dogs for heartworms last week alone. Right. So, it's prevalent, and yeah. it's just... They just don't know. Yeah, it's. I love the fact that uh, even though it would be easy to get jaded from just, I'm sure, all the, the negative stuff that has mm-hmm. happened, the fact that you're giving people the benefit of the doubt um, yeah. is great. I'll tell you, we currently have one dog, and he was originally adopted from Greenville Animal Care mm-hmm. by an older gentleman who, similar to a story you just told before, but he got sick, ended up going to an assisted living facility, and nobody else in the family could take care of him, so mm-hmm. he ended up right back there. Now, thankfully, he got a second chance, but in that case... It's not one of those situations where, you know, he was chained to a tree right. 24 hours a day and treated like dirt. He actually had a home. That was the most amazing thing. We, we broke out a crate the first night, and he just walked right into it. I was like, oh, you know what you're supposed to do. This is, this awesome. is kind of awesome. But, right. but, yeah, so I love that you give people benefit of the doubt because it's easy for us to take those the, the extreme scenarios and project those on yeah. when we see the dog with the matted fur or the dog that's walking with a limp. We just assume that something horrible happened when in reality – Life is, life is hard, and sometimes people are forced to make very difficult choices. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love that perspective. And accidents happen. I mean, we That's have, right. we've taken dogs that our owner ran them over with a car. I mean, right. bad stuff happens. Right. Right. I had a litter of puppies this week that attacked a litter mate, and that puppy got hurt pretty badly and had to go to the emergency vet. I mean, stuff happens yeah. to even, even me. when you're doing mm-hmm. your best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do anything wrong. Those puppies were just outside playing. Right. Like, yeah. 
Hmm. It's just stuff happens. And how I'm not perfect, so how would I expect everybody else to be? Mm-hmm. I know more about dogs than probably 80% of the population. Right. So how, how can I expect them to just mm. know yeah. everything? That's good. You know? That's a really good perspective. Really, I feel really like good. Day Before the Rainbow has a, a lot of meaning in the name and your mission. So tell us a little bit about that. So it originally started, um, I named my rescue because when a dog dies or an animal dies, you say they cross the rainbow bridge. So the original mission was to take animals from shelters before that moment, before they crossed the rainbow bridge. Now, of course, it's just like day before the rainbow, like rainbow is a happy place. We want to, we're that moment before their final happy place, whether it's, you know, sometimes we have to take in dogs that are suffering and we end up euthanizing them because they're suffering. Well, they're in a better place. Right. Or we take in dogs and we get them to foster and sometimes they never leave foster because mm-hmm. they're too sick or they just mm-hmm. need hospice. But that place is probably better than where they came from. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the adoptions that are, are always happy stories, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Families are really happy. And that's our motto is bringing pets and people together. Yeah. And it kind of works for the whole transport thing. Like we get them to the rescues that can, you know, take them on that next step of their journey or we mm-hmm. take them to their adopters. That's smart. Okay. Um, so I would just love to ask, sounds like you can have somewhat of a chaotic life. Do you, what do you do to actually keep your own sanity? I work out almost every day at the gym because okay. that is like, I started doing that about three or four years ago and okay. now it's non-negotiable. My yeah. family just says, Good. I'm like, I'm headed to the gym, and they're like, okay. <laughs> if I don't That's go awesome. to the gym, it's, I mean, it's, I get cranky, mm-hmm. and I guess I just need those, like, endorphins and mm-hmm. all those good things, and it's kickboxing, so it relieves some okay. frustration. Right on. Get to beat up bags and such. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, There's other people that like combat, Elizabeth. Yes. This is good. Yeah. 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 I mean, really, I don't do a whole lot of other stuff. I just take care of the kids and the dogs and okay. work my other little lactation consultant job. Okay. Good. Well, at least you have that one thing, though, that's yeah. a non-negotiable. I like the fact that you put it that There's way. not a lot of time for other stuff. I try to sleep a few hours a day, too. That's yeah. good. Super that's important. Good. <laughs> <laughs> when you don't have to hear the dogs barking downstairs or yes. where, wherever yes. they're hiding out. Yeah. Exactly. I go out to dinner with my husband every once in a while. We're foodies, and okay. we like good beer, so we okay. try to make that a yes. at least once a, once a month thing. Okay. Yes. Right on. Very good. What, um... <laughs> oh, no. She's laughing already. <laughs> It's all good. What's my favorite beer? No, just kidding. Oh, I should ask that question. Yeah. You have to cut this. Anything I, sour I had a, I had is good. Sour beer no, is good. No, you're good. You're good. You like the sour? Love sour beer. Really? Yeah, so good. I'm, okay. I'm, this I'm never quite. Strawberry lemonade. They had a community tap last night, the sour. It oh, was, now I'm going to have to go it there. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, no, what I really wanted to ask you um, was just how people can help. Any ways that other people can get involved the majority of what we need is foster homes. We used to get volunteers to come to our adoption events, but because of COVID, the stores are no longer letting us do adoption events mm. currently. So fostering is great. Fostering is probably my number one pet mm-hmm. peeve for several reasons. I'm like, if I can take care of like a zillion kids, a zillion animals, keep track of where they are for the most part now. I might have misplaced one or two over the years, but if they <laughs> turned up eventually. Mm-hmm. Um you can foster an animal. Like, all I need you to do is literally feed it, give it some water, pat it on the head, take it outside to go potty or clean up the mess, you know, whatever it is. That's all I need you to do. And generally, fostering for me is like one to three week commitment. So it, it, that's probably one of the hardest things when people are like, oh, can you take this animal? I can't foster it, though. And I'm like, you want me to take the dog that you found on the side of the road, but you can't foster it I don't understand like I give you all the supplies it doesn't cost you any money unless you want to like 
buy a bazillion toys or something. <laughs> but I provide all that. I provide the vet care. Um, and most of these animals already have a place to go. So it's not like I'll force you into keeping it because you might feel bad that it's homeless. Right. So especially for people who are worried about that, I already give I just give them an animal that's like already either adopted, just waiting for spay neuter, or just waiting for its ride to wherever it's going, or waiting for the adopter to pick it up. You know, we have people that are like, "Well, no, adopt when we come back from vacation in a week." Okay, great. Well, that animal just needs a week to sleep somewhere, mm-hmm. and. You know, obviously, like I said, I only keep a certain number at my house, and it's not that many. Most most of the ones at my house are like the medically needy ones. Mm-hmm. Once they're stable, I move them onto a foster. But that's mainly what we need is foster homes. We always take donations though of blankets, mm-hmm. towels, um, any kind of food, cat litter, any kind of basic supplies. Okay. Please do not give us comforters or things that have stuffing in them because dogs will eat that. Yeah, this is true. Smart. Yep. And okay. if you're local in Greenville, we have a donation bin at Pet Supplies Plus and Taylor's. Oh. So you can drop off anything there. Food, blankets. I did not know that. Whatever. That's yep. good to know. Right on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. awesome. You going to do the rapid fire question? Yeah, I'll do the rapid fire. Okay, so. <laughs> my favorite thing. I just love it so much. <laughs> okay, Taryn. Uh, tell me about a favorite book you've read that you recommend. Um... Thanks, Elizabeth. Yeah. Because I can't tell you the last time I read you a don't really get good time book. To read. Yeah. Um, okay, okay, what about a show? Movie. Um I don't know. I'm really into documentaries. I don't know that there's like especially one. Yeah. I mean, I can probably get really political and controversial. So maybe I'll just say <laughs> some Netflix documentaries are really good. <laughs> okay, this one's easy. Favorite food category or favorite meal? Um these are really hard questions. Oh, the other questions you asked me were so easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you favorite food? My one cup of coffee in the morning that I allow myself is only probably... one cup? One cup. And that's the only sugar I eat, too, for the most part, every day, is like a little bit of syrup in my coffee. Okay. That is like heaven. You do not understand my mm-hmm. little French press. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was using the coffee pot, but one of my kids broke it, so now I just have the French press, and yeah. I have YouTubed how to make the perfect french press coffee mm. okay and i have a little frother for the milk and i just push a little button and it's like Wah. yep yeah. <laughs> i think i do understand honestly because i will consider that almost like the happy happiest moment of every day yeah like i get up and i'm like the kids are like can i have cereal can i have waffles and i'm just like do not talk to me until i have made the coffee <laughs> <laughs> so yes that's probably like my favorite yes. jordan cannot relate no i'm not a coffee drinker but not there you no. might once you get a little older well it's once you get a little older, it's almost yeah. just a stubbornness thing. I'm not, I'm not opposed to it for any reason. I've just never really, I don't know. It's hey. never really been a, a taste that's. Yeah, I've been it's drawn not to. even like that. I'm super tired or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the little kick, but mm-hmm. I just like the way it tastes. It's like, and it's like the mm-hmm. whole process. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a ritual. I mm-hmm. guess mm-hmm. you're doing great to only have one a day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Limits. Next, favorite place you visited. Where have you guys been? Um. I don't know. My favorite place is probably always going to be Ocean City, New Jersey. That's what I was wondering. Mm. <laughs> I grew up there every summer, and it just holds a lot of memories. Oh, we didn't great. go this year. It's probably the first year I haven't gone in my whole entire life. Because mm. I just can't imagine taking the kids with all the rules and the right. can't eat in restaurants, and you can't go in the stores. and It won't be the same. Yeah, it's yeah. Just you're just like, same. why bother? Yeah. yeah. What's one thing that really annoys you? 
I think I already covered that. <laughs> we may have covered that. <laughs> um, just in general, though, about life. Um, yeah, it can be. Yeah, life. No, it can be non-animal related. When people say they can't do something and they never even tried it. Mm, I like that. That's a very good one. I like that. Mm, Thought provoking. Yeah. Mm. Okay, we heard about the coffee, but are you a morning person or a night person? Night person. You're most productive at night. Mm-hmm. Got it. From like from like eight thirty to like one thirty in the morning, I get a lot done. Oh, because you probably honestly for you that's like the kids are in bed. Yeah, the kids you are in can bed. Actually focus. My husband is sleeping. Yeah. I can just shut all the doors, mm-hmm. and I'm in the kitchen at my table with my computer, and I get a lot done. That's your time. Are you? Okay. That's good. I'm glad you have that. So yeah. is that by choice or by necessity then? Both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd rather stay up late. Okay. I get up early though, but okay. So I you just sleep short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get up at like six. What about um, travel? What's on your bucket list for travel? I would like to go to Turks and Caicos one day. Nice. I would like to go maybe to the Dominican Republic. Okay. Um, Probably Alaska. My husband really wants to go to Ireland, so I'm sure I'll take a trip there one day. Mm -hmm. Waiting for the kids to like get older. Get a little bigger. Yeah. Yeah. This sounds like some great plans. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So you actually get to the point where it's a vacation and not a... Family trip. I just told my husband that I wanted to drive to a national park, like, on the next school vacation. And he was like, okay. (laughs) He didn't sound really enthused. He knows how this goes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, we can do it. Let's Um, go. Okay, lastly, how do people reach you? Just give us a little info. Um, If someone wanted to reach out to you to, you know, volunteer. We have a Facebook page. It's Day Before the Rainbow Rescue. Okay. Uh, we have a website. It's daybeforetherainbow.com. Yes. And our email is daybeforetherainbow at yahoo.com. So easy. pretty easy. Yeah. It's long to type, but it's pretty easy. Perfect. Great. I love your um, passion for this topic, and thank you for giving us some open and honest answers. I felt like we actually got to know you and not just hear more of the same old stuff about the mission, which is great, but I felt like we actually got to know you, which is really good. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely.